This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Hey, welcome to Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. I'm Matt and this is Jessica and we're just happy that you're here to connect with you and connect with us in Morning Breath. Uh, This is a podcast where we read the Bible and we share our thoughts and what the Lord would show us today to encourage us, and we hope it encourages you as well. What's been going on, Jessica? Well, we're in May, still in May, and uh, still walking out this this new normal, trying to find new normals. We're having different options for going to church now. Uh, I was thinking about this this morning when we used to do this in in the radio studio, and you couldn't see us. And I have heard that people are enjoying seeing us and all our funny expressions and our hats because neither of us have been able to get an appointment with the salon yet. <laughs> the sides look good, but the top is getting higher. <laughs> it's growing. It's getting taller. I can do this with clippers, but I don't know how to do that yet. It's getting taller and taller. Do you have an appointment? Nope. you got to get on it. Mine's June 2nd. So I have an appointment that I'm waiting for. You got to get an appointment. I got to call Paul. He'll uh, he'll hook me up. Exactly. At, at Florida barber or old Florida barber old shop. Old Florida barber shop in Cocoa Village. Yes, but um, yeah, just trying to find out this new normal. So we're introducing. You know, we've been doing church online, which is amazing and such a great option, and has been just incredible for us to be able to 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 produce for people, but also for us to be a part of as a family. Um, and then we are we've been doing church in cars, and then we opened up our church buildings this weekend. And so we were doing that as well. And we're just trying to move forward and say that all options are great options and they're equal. And we want people to, to go and be where they're at with their own comfort level and with freedom. Um, someone gave me a, a really good kind of way to think about all of this in this season where some people are wearing masks, some aren't, some are um, staying at home still and some aren't. And like, we're in this place where there could be a potential for a divide, but we don't, we're not called to be to be divisive, right? We're called to unify and to come together, especially as believers in the body of Christ. And so if you think about it from this perspective, what what do you do that is going to produce the most amount of freedom in your life? So it's for freedom that we have been set free. I believe that's in Galatians. And um, Jesus came so that we would no longer be uh, yoked to this slavery or bondage, but that we would be free. And so can I go to to the store and wear a mask and feel free about it? Yeah, a couple weeks ago I could. And then there was a a point where I'm like, I don't feel free in this anymore. And so I'm not going to wear a mask when I go to certain stores. But I may swing back and go back to wearing a mask. Whatever it is that I feel freedom in and I can feel joy in and I can go in a store smiling with my eyes. And you can only see my eyes because I have a mask on or you can see my whole face and the smile on it. So whatever, wherever freedom is for you and it's going to be different for people. So please be aware. And I'm telling myself this too. Don't judge people. Everyone is in a different place and you have no idea what they've experienced to get them to this place. And so I think this is a great opportunity for us to show love and be the church. We are known as Jesus disciples by our love for one another. And so we really need to be loving people through this. Yeah. And let's, let's get real here for a second. There are so many opinions and some of them are founded in science and some of them are founded in emotion uh, on what's happening with COVID-19 in our society uh, in Minnesota right now, um, they're saying churches can't gather, but movie theaters can. And uh, what's the difference there? There's no difference between a church and a movie theater. In fact, I would put our church's cleanliness uh, at 100x All over a movie day. theater. You know, um, we're not spilling Coke and 
popcorn and stuff on the ground at, at our church. And if we do spill the coffee, it's uh, sanitized very quickly and it's well lit. And when things are well lit, they have to be cleaner uh, for the visual appearance. <laughs> Movie theaters, uh, you know, as, as great as they are, it's like, does that make sense? And, and no. And my point of that is there are a lot of things that won't make sense and people can just receive them blindly and go, oh, oh, that makes, oh, I'll do that. My, my governor said that, my president said that, the CDC said that. Uh, we don't walk by those type of things. We, you know, we would choose wisdom. We would look at what doctors are saying. We would look at the CDC. We would look at our governor and our government and our president and all those things. We'd also walk by faith and we would make the best decisions that we can uh, to protect ourselves and our household and our community. And, and honoring the authorities. Like we have friends who are pastors in Minnesota. They're honoring the authorities, but there are some churches who are coming together and presenting a case against the governor and these decisions because they feel that they're not fair. It's yeah. not fair that you can say only 10 people can come to a church and 500 can go to a movie theater or Home Depot or Target or all these other places. It's just not, it's not right. It, it doesn't make sense. And yeah. that's, and that's part of the problem um, is that things don't make sense and we don't need to receive them blindly, but right. we need to carefully inspect, you know, for instance, as our church uh, opened doors this weekend, we did it through with social distancing uh, greeters had masks on. Um, we we marked seats off so that they were they were six feet apart between the rows um, and different things like that. And we also are not saying it's the only way that you can go to church this weekend. You can still participate online in great ways. Uh, we have church in cars. It's an outdoor physical gathering where where people can come together and see each other but might not necessarily feel comfortable walking into a building uh yet and so these are ways that we're constantly reaching out to the community and you know sometimes we're one step forward and then we take a step back and shift and go to the side mm -hmm. we don't necessarily know what each weekend is going to look like until sometimes tuesday or wednesday with yeah. things changing so quickly you know if we were to see numbers rise and covid cases go up and people were in danger we would shift very quickly to make sure that we're tracking with what what uh, science and what government and what wisdom, wisdom and mm -hmm. you know Hopefully science is backed up and government's backed up by wisdom. I, I put wisdom out there above all of those things because wisdom... I was putting it all separate. Yeah. <laughs> I was putting wisdom separate from all of it. Wisdom should be guiding us in every facet, every yeah. category, although we know that's not true. Uh, morning Breath, uh, we'll, we'll jump into Romans 5 unless you have something else you want to say. I have a new segment to add to our Monday Morning Breath. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's called book what is it called book recommendations by Books jessica <laughs> that i like to read <laughs> so i hope this isn't backwards do you think it's going to be backwards it way? easily could not, okay it's not it's not all right so this is okay. relationship goals by michael todd and this came out in april and we actually did a series on relationship goals not really yeah, based we did one last year actually yes we, we did last year we did year. this year so you can go back in our um our east coast app and see those messages we did one together for sure and i think we did one on the end with a panel but this is a really great book relationship goals by michael todd and it's all about how to win at dating marriage and sex so it talks about single being single being um the person that the person you're looking for is looking for and all of those things it's really well done it's very it doesn't um hold back anything so it really addresses things that need to be addressed so that is a great book 
And lastly, for this week, this is um, a biblical commentary by Joyce Meyer. And I don't know how many of these she has, but this one is on Ephesians. And I know that she has another one on James, and she may have some other ones, but these are amazing. She basically takes the entire book of Ephesians, or whatever book she's doing, and she goes verse by verse, and she adds her own commentary, and then she has response places where you can, I'm going to show you, like little reflections, and you ask a question and answer it. And so I went through this whole thing, and I loved it, and it's a great way, in addition to reading your Bible with us via morning breath, you can pick up one of these little commentaries. The end. <laughs> And there is book recommendations by Jessica. Okay. So Romans chapter five, uh, what a great chapter. It starts out with faith and we preached on faith actually this last weekend, which I'm excited about now doing the chapter kind of after that message. So that's a great chapter. Um, why don't you read first? Like, like always through 10, 11. I'm going to read through 11. All right. And I'll pick up from there. Okay. I must say to you, which we haven't done this since we went video read. Hmm. Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified, that is, acquitted of sin, declared blameless before God by faith, let us grasp the fact that we have peace with God and the joy of reconciliation with him through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed. Through him, we also have access by faith into this remarkable state of grace in which we firmly and safely and securely stand. Let us rejoice in our hope and the confident assurance of experiencing and enjoying the glory of our great God, the manifestation of his excellence and power. And not only this, but with joy, let us exult in our sufferings and rejoice in our hardships, knowing that hardship, distress, pressure, trouble produces patient endurance and endurance, proven character, spiritual maturity and proven character, hope and confident assurance of eternal salvation. Such hope in God's promises never disappoints us because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our spirits through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. While we were still helpless, powerless to provide for our salvation at the right time, Christ died as a substitute for the ungodly. Now, it's an extraordinary thing for one to willingly give his life even for an upright man, though perhaps for a good man, one who is noble and selfless and worthy, someone might even dare to die. But God clearly shows and proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Therefore, since we have now been justified, declared free of the guilt of sin by his blood, how much more certain is it that we will be saved from the wrath of God through him? For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, it is much more certain, having been, having been reconciled, that we will be saved from the consequences of sin by his life. That is, we will be saved because Christ lives today. Not only that, but we also rejoice in God, rejoicing in his love and perfection through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received and enjoy our reconciliation with God. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all people because all sin, to be sure, sin was in the whole world, excuse me, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against everyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. 
For if the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in the life through one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in the justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase, but where there sin, excuse me, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign that through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. What a great chapter. Oh my gosh, don't you want to go verse by verse and just talk about all of them? It reminds me of a closing argument in a trial where it's like, sin versus grace or salvation versus damnation because there's like the words acquitted and it says therefore 17 times it's just very intelligent and passionate yeah paul it's like it's literally like reading a case law because it and what he's making the case for here is that um yes the world got sin through adam and we even though it's like through Adam, we all are sinners. We're all making mistakes. And even the law points out the fact that we're even making more mistakes. Without the law, we wouldn't even know kind of what sin was necessarily. Right. Like, is this right? Is this wrong? But with the law of God that we see, hey, that's right, that's wrong. It, it makes awareness of that. But then through that, one person sinned and sin became alive in the world. Now, Jesus died. And through that, the grace of God to cover sin has made has been made for the whole world. It's it's pretty pretty incredible it's theology. It's so good. It's so good. My scripture that I picked out out of all of them, I highlighted a ton of them, but it was verse 11. It says, not only that, but we also rejoice in God, rejoicing in his love and perfection through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received and enjoy our reconciliation with God. And my observation in this is that we all, or maybe it's just me, I don't know, have this innate desire to be perfect and have everything in our lives just so. Yet it's completely not possible. In fact, this whole practice makes perfect. I don't say that. I say to my kids, practice makes progress because there is no such thing as perfection for us. Practice makes perfect is not a true statement. Exactly. Exactly. Um, In fact, when I was a kid, uh, I had a coach who coached me in baseball. um, And it was just kind of like this surprise, like connection with somebody he was the head coach of UCL baseball for UCLA nice. baseball for 41 years, and uh, he coached Jackie Robinson, the first African American baseball player, and me, obviously. I mean, me and Jackie Robinson, come <laughs> on, right? No, but uh, I was just a kid, and he would say, "Perfect practice makes perfect," and what his point was: practicing whatever will not make you good at something. You have to practice what makes you good. Yeah. You have to practice for the end result. And so, yes, practice makes progress, but even what you practice makes a difference on what that progress will result in. Mm-hmm. You could practice how to hit a baseball wrong, and you won't get good at baseball. Yeah. And sure enough, it was crazy. He he taught me how to hit because I couldn't hit the ball very well at all uh, by bringing me back to a tee and putting the ball on the tee. Mm-hmm. Instead of focusing so much on can I hit a ball in the air that's moving – What's my technique like when I actually go to hit that ball yeah. off the tee? Basics. And just the basics. And so we begin to practice the 
basics and in his mind the perfection of hitting mm-hmm. uh, and the mechanics of hitting and when I got the mechanics of hitting down all of a sudden when the ball was moving now I'm, I'm only adding one more you know factor into the issue is the movement of the ball and so mechanics practice the perfect next thing you know my batting average goes from like one out of a hundred as a as a ten year old to eventually I got to where I had a seven hundred batting average or so uh, when I was fourteen years what does old. Does that mean seven hundred? Seven out of t- seven out of oh, ten that's times. That's what that means. I've never seven hundred out of a thousand hits, basically. I've made it this far in life. Seventy percent. Say seventy percent, and that's a huge number. I batted first. I didn't have a power hit. I didn't have anything like that. And of course, if I had went on to high school and the pros, my batting average would have dropped way down because the pitchers get a lot better in that environment. And I wasn't some kind so of prolific baseball player. Yeah, I just retired like Elway. Yeah, you know, as a champion. So that's anyway. But yeah, I love that. Practice makes progress, but what you practice is actually what your results will be. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, because we cannot attain perfection. I love that this verse says that we can rejoice in Jesus' love and perfection because it's through him that we receive right standing with God. It has never been about our perfection or lack thereof, thank God. It is all based on Jesus and who he is. And I feel like that is such a load off if we could just internalize that. This also tells us not to receive it, but then to enjoy it. Like we're actually allowed to enjoy our everyday life. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I think we have to work at that though. We have to remember that there can be, you know, it's been a tough season and there have been days where it's like, there's not a whole lot to enjoy, you know? But then when you really sit there and think about it, there's a ton to enjoy. We have breath in our lungs and our hearts are beating and we have food and we have shelter and all the things. I mean, those are just the... The simple things that I'm sitting here right now thinking of, there's so much to enjoy. But if you can't even, you know, if you're in a really low place, I get it. And if there's nothing else that you can enjoy, rejoice in the fact that Jesus has bridged the gap between you and God. You're right with him. You're forgiven. You're saved. And that should at least put a little bit of a smile on your face. That's really good. Yeah. Um, I love the beginning of Romans chapter five. Uh, We've been justified through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I love the the idea that we're justified through faith, not through perfection. It really does uh, set up what you were saying, um, because does God expect us to be perfect? Uh, No. In fact, one of my favorite quotes these days is he, when God called you, he factored in your stupidity. And I love that because it's like, I think at some point we all feel like we've done some stupid things. And and I'm not saying you're stupid, but I guarantee you thought, wow, that was dumb. Like yeah. what I just did, that was stupid. Well, you know what? It, it might have been, but it's just that you're human and that you're going to make mistakes. And we don't we don't need to be perfect. We, we strive to be good and we strive to make good decisions. But perfection is not a requirement. What is a requirement is faith. Mm -hmm. If we want to be justified before God, we need faith. In fact, there's a great verse in the Bible that talks about God is looking all over the world to strengthen somebody who's fully committed to him. And what does fully committed mean? It means a person of faith that their faith is in the Lord and their faith isn't in their own abilities. Their faith isn't in their work. Their faith isn't in the government. Their faith isn't in Facebook or the news or, or science alone. It's in the Lord. And God's looking for people of faith mm-hmm. and he will strengthen those people 
people of faith. And the crazy thing is he's the one that actually gives us the faith. Mm -hmm. So he's like, here's the faith. Do you want it? Your choice. Yes. Then I'll strengthen you by receiving my faith. And I even, I even kind of, I said this this weekend is, um, God has faith in faithful people. And it's like, what? It's kind of a mouthful. And, uh, does God have faith in humanity? That's a, that's a question we have to wrestle with. Yes. And no, actually, but yes, he picked us to be the church. In, in some aspects, God has faith in people. Mm-hmm. Like he believes in you. He believes in that he could change you and bring a new spirit into you and you can go change the world around you. That's where God has faith in you. Does he have faith in your talent and in your perfection and in your ideas and in all of that? No, he doesn't have faith in any of that. He doesn't need any of that. In fact, he's got faith in you and he's got the talent. He's got the gifting. He's got the ideas. He's got all of those things to impart in you that you might uh, go up and be uh, above and beyond what you could ever think or imagine or dream and that you could actually begin to walk in your purpose. Because I think the battle in our life is, is first of all, for faith. But I think a battle that the enemy wants to rob from you is your purpose. He wants to take your purpose from you. He wants to take the God-given way that you were created to make a difference on this planet. And God wants to restore your purpose, and that happens through the doors of faith, mm-hmm. being fully committed to God. That's good. I like uh, verse 3 through 5. It's very appropriate for this season. And it says, Not only this, but with joy, let us exult in our sufferings and rejoice in our hardships. Like, I don't think that's anyone's ever, like, favorite verse. <laughs> like, that's not going to be cross-stitched on any pillows anytime soon. But it's helpful when it goes on and it says, Knowing that hardship, which it defines as distress, pressure, and trouble. And man, we have been feeling all of those daily. Those things, that hardship produces patient endurance. And endurance, proven character, which it defines as spiritual maturity. And proven character, hope and confident assurance of eternal salvation. Such hope in God's promises never disappoints us because God's love has been, past tense, abundantly poured out within our hearts and through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And I love that progression of hardships lead to endurance, which leads to character, which leads to hope, which ultimately our hope is in the confident assurance of eternal salvation. Hope in God's promises never disappoints. And from the beginning of this, we heard the term that we are to be called hope dealers. Now, I shared this with Matt the other day. I said, I didn't realize that that was a play on words with dope dealers. So I was kind of <laughs> saying it a lot and like people were laughing and I you didn't get it. Dealer? What? <laughs> so it is funny. We are hope dealers. We are dealing in hope. That's the commodity that we have to deal in. And that is the ultimate because that will never disappoint when we can hope in God's confident, we can have confident assurance of our salvation. There is nothing beyond that. It's amazing. And I love too, that it's producing other things. It's producing character and endurance. And actually I forgot I didn't realize I was wearing this um, shirt, but it says endure. And this is from um, my marathon. I did a marathon. Actually, it's from a half marathon um, at Disney. The princess half marathon. The princess half marathon. And this says You did endure. do a marathon. I did do a marathon. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is from a half marathon, though. And it endure. And it, it just reminds me of back when I was training, when I was past tense, <laughs> training for half marathons and marathons. I had, that was hardship. That was pressure and distress and trouble when I'm in mile whatever, 12 mile, 24. You feel like you are just going to die. But that produced in me endurance. 
And that produced in me character. It produced so many things. And so this time, yes, a lot of it is awful. Like the, the restrictions we've been under, the pain, the questioning, the worrying, the wondering. I mean, so a lot of that is even so present. But what are the benefits? What is being produced in us during this? Endurance, joy, hope, all those things. Yeah, it's also clarifying what hope we need to have. Yeah. Where we don't hope in things and we don't hope in decisions and we don't get our hopes up and our hopes in to uh, temporary things, um, but we put our hope in God. Now, can we hope for things? Absolutely. Can we hope for good things? Yes. Can we hope for doors being open? Yes. Can we hope for all of this to go away? Of course we can, but we don't put our hope in those things. We put our hope in God. We put our trust in God. We put our faith in God. And all of that's received through grace in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so I think when we go through these hard times, when we go through these confusing times, um, what we need to remember that these are the times where we, we break down in some ways and there's a brokenness that builds in us, but the repairing must be a clarification of who God is and it must be a leaning into who God is and it's a strengthening of those broken down faith muscles and those broken down emotions and those the broken down spirit that you might feel blessed are the poor in spirit, right? So there's a blessing in breaking down because mm-hmm. the buildup now is faith is stronger, endurance is stronger, hope is stronger, your faith muscles are growing and I wanna encourage you that if you felt a brokenness, now it's time to rebuild. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you break your muscles down and you go lift some weights, what happens? You rebuild. Your muscles get stronger. And you don't realize when you lift some weights, it tears those fibers, okay? Uh, what the enemy's trying to do is he's trying to convince you that you've torn tendons and ligaments and veins and, and arteries. No, you're just breaking down muscle fibers, your faith muscle. God's like, I want to build your faith into a place that you've never experienced before right now. And so be hoping and be growing in your faith. Mm-hmm. And I'm believing that through these trials, which the church always thrives under trials, right? And they always do. They always rise up that you will also be a part of that and you will rise up as the church is rising up. Your faith is rising up too. Yeah. Well, this is Morning Breath and thank you for being a part of this podcast. We're so grateful. We, we can't wait to see you guys next week and we really hope this encouraged you. Yes. Bye. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Langston Commercial Real Estate, owned by Scott Langston, a senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you the best way to buy, invest, or lease commercial property. 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. Hi everyone, Kevin Barfield here with Barfield Contracting and Associates. We are a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. We're located in Cocoa Village, but we service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. We also offer many discounts, military, senior. As always, we offer free estimates and we appreciate every opportunity that we're given. We're at 454-4531. That's 454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. God bless you.
Pineapple Garden Assisted Living Facility, located in the Rockledge Vieira area. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved one is safe and secure. Please visit us today by going online at pineapplegarden.com or call 321-405-CARE. We want to be a church that's focused on God, focused on the people on the inside, and focused on the people on the outside. Love God, love the church, love people, because we're building a life-giving church that lasts. East Coast Christian Center. Join us every weekend, Saturday night at 5.30 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 a.m. East Coast Christian Center is located at 680 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. The Avenue Worship Center. Enjoy a fresh brewed cup of coffee with friends and family. Service times are at 9.30 and 11 a.m. at 85 North Richland Avenue. East Coast Christian Center Coco. We now have three services every Sunday morning at 8.15, 10 o'clock, and 11.45 a.m. Located at 1855 North Friday Road Coco. For more information, call 452-1060, extension 100. That's 452-1060, extension 100. Or visit us online at eccc.us. That's eccc.us. East Coast Christian Center, building a life-giving church that lasts. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.